Dawn and Steve, welcome Phil Handon to the studio to provide insight into God's story in our lives. So question, call or text 800-555-7898 and text the word Devo to get this morning's devotional to that same number, 800 800- Five 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 seven eight nine eight. You no, know, when it comes to our story, when it comes to our lives, our experiences, there is much, much to be said. And you may have a question, so that's why we want to make sure you have that number handy and saved. Eight hundred five 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 seven eight nine eight. We'll kick off that conversation with Phil here in just a little bit. First, we want to get into the word and. I, my friends kept me up way too late last night. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to be complaining about that today. No, I'm not complaining. Complain, I'm observing. Whining? I'm observing. I'm, I'm going to go with whining. Totally kept me up way too late last night. Way too late? You, you and left by Briggs, 7.30. Garrisons and... Yeah. I did not. Was it 7.30? Yes, but it takes me 40 minutes to get home. Not that time of day. 30. 30. 25. Exactly. Took Keep me going. 40 to get there, though, because of traffic. But it was a lot better when I left and sure. traffic had cleared out. And yet on Mondays, because Ben gets home from Bible Study Fellowship later and I can't go to sleep until he gets home. You still beat him home, didn't you? I did. And yep. he got home a little bit later even still than he normally does. So I was like, okay, everybody, we need these little little things to line up so I can get sleep. Wait a minute. You can't go to bed? Unless Ben's home? So I can. It's a dog thing. It's a dog thing because if he gets home. Another reason not to have a dog. Keep coming. (laughs) If he gets home and she's already gone to sleep, most of the times she hears him and then she wants to get down and go see what he's doing. Uh Therefore, it just saves all that if I'll just wait till he gets home and then she can get down. So you let the dog sleep on the bed. Only till he goes okay. to bed, and then he puts okay. her in her I'm on her porch. Picking up all sorts of issues and problems here. Yeah, oh, listen. It's a good thing Phil is here. <laughs> we may have to have an intervention. We've called Phil in today. You think we're talking about a different topic? <laughs> mm, no. These are all the arguments that I gave for all my years as to why we were not getting a dog. Just so you know, this is why people who have known me all my years go, I still can't quite understand why you have a dog. (laughs) This picture of Pepper showed up uh, in my um, time hop recently, and she was just a little muffin, and it was the first time I'd taken her to the vet. And I took this photo of her, and I was still just sitting there going, this is so surreal that I have a dog. And I put on there things I never thought I'd say. I'm at the vet. Yeah. Just strange. Now, what would we do without her? Phil Herndon also knows that if anything happens to Pepper May, you're going to be missing like for a month. I know. How bad yeah. that will be. It's a good thing you have a Phil month. in your life. It will be a month. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it probably will. I, I, I imagine it'll be a week. <laughs> Just saying. I know, I know. I've, I've kind of given a pause to that thinking, okay. Now, just don't go there. You have to be Block a big it out. girl. If it's Put up those boundaries and those walls. Don't don't even think about boundaries. it. Boundaries. <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit later this morning. We will. S- yeah, seven o'clock central. We have another story we're going to unpack when it comes to people in our past and how we navigate those when something all of a sudden happens and it intersects our present. And I've got a question for Phil. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. First, though, Psalm 23, yeah. verse 4, and it's it's that one. You know that one. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that's Psalm 23, verse 4. As a child of God, we have to remember positionally who we are and the fact that we are never alone. Your shepherd is with you at all times. And you don't even have to call him into your situation. Boy, that would change our prayer life if we realized that, wouldn't it? He's always with his kids. You don't have to wonder where he is. You don't even have to fear when things become difficult. Because he's not going to abandon you. He goes before you. He walks beside you. He comes behind you. He protects you securely. And he sees every sparrow. He knows every hair that is on your head. His gaze constantly upon you. Luke 12, 6 and 7, if you want to dig a little deeper into that passage. So even when you can't see him, he's always keeping his eye on you. He's comforting you, his strong presence in time of sorrow and grief. And he leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, here's the caveat. He doesn't necessarily lead you around the valley. That would be my request. Do we have to go through the valley? Often we do. And he knows and he is with us because the knowledge he has is that we only can get to where we need to go through that path that leads that dark valley, through that dark valley. Yet there are times that he walks or at those times he walks so closely with you. He's reassuring you throughout the journey. He still loves you. He's still with you. And it's during those times you experience his love, his compassion in a deeper dimension than you ever have before. You don't need to fear evil either. This is amazing. As intimidating as evil can be, are you kidding me? There's nothing you're ever going to face that intimidates the shepherd. He's seen it all. He's soundly defeated every form of wickedness. Evil never catches him by surprise. Your shepherd is always prepared. He knows exactly when and where you're going to experience that difficulty. Place your absolute trust in your good shepherd. He's going to protect you. And he's going to demonstrate his love for you through the darkest valley. Oh, what a great reminder. This Devo is on our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the morning. And the keyword is Devo. If you would like the link sent, just text Devo to 800-555-7898. Oh, yes. You're going to want to place a phone call if you've got a question about story. I don't know how you even frame that. Story is kind of a big word these days. Like Because when we grew up, see if this resonates with you. When you grow up and you are um, going through a heartache, a difficult time, and what did your mom and dad tell you? I know what my mama told me. Put your uh, big girl pants on? Pretty much. And and she wasn't wrong. I yeah. mean, she was just like, hey, Get like, over I'm it. thinking about like if a boy broke my heart, it's like, okay, he's not worth your time. Move on. And that's great. And I do tend to think that way. Like, you know, he wasn't the one. <laughs> Phil, why do you roll your eyes at me? Oh, that I tend to think that way. But, but you know, you you learn that. You don't have a whole lot of time to grieve because it makes those around you uncomfortable. They don't really have an answer for you. And so the answer by default becomes 
hey, let it go and move on. That's all great and good until later in life something happens and you're like, wait, why is that upsetting me so much? So I have a question for you because I have a friend that sent in a story and said, I dated this gal back, you know, way long time ago. I've been happily married for many, many years. Don't think much about her ever, not in contact with her. Found out over the weekend she passed away. Don't understand why this is hitting me so hard. But tears, like grief, grief over the fact that she lost her life at an early age, grief over just the season because you had to move on as quickly as possible when you were younger, and also grief over, I don't want to hurt my my wife. Like, I'm not in love with this person. However, it hurts that she's gone. Phil, what a big question. Mm -hmm. What do we do with something Mm -hmm. like that? Well, there's a pesky verse in Scripture. It's beautiful to read, but it very simply says we are fearfully, wonderfully made. (laughs) That's like, oh, man. Oh, that's fantastic. Until we talk about stuff like this. Because part of being fearfully, wonderfully made is how our brains are made and how we're made for relationship. And that's where it gets, as I said in the movie, The Kid, that's where it gets dicey. Um, because the way our brain operates, we're, we're made for connection and attachment. And connection and attachment doesn't really end just because life stops, which sounds funny. That's, that's a thing called memory. <laughs> we, we remember things. And part of our part of our mapping system we have in our brains, our brains are a lot like a, a GPS system. I, I read uh, a while back that the, our brains are like the airline system in across the world, uh, relay to relay, different airports and information or passengers gather at one airport and they're distributed to all kinds of destinations. It's a little bit like the brain works. And so we have all this mapping in our brains that that is uh, full of a thing called people. And so people become part of our landscape, like you two are part of my internal landscape. I love you. I care about you. I love being with you. We're friends. And so you're part of my map. If something were to happen to that relationship, I would move forward in my life chronologically and vocationally and otherwise, but my internal map would not get rid of you so easily. And even if I'm not 20, 30 years from now, if I'm not consciously, uh, if I'm here 30 years from now, it's going to be a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> if uh, if I if I think of you, if I hear something has happened to you, that accesses the part of my brain that remembers that the three of us had a we between us. It's no longer plural or singular pronouns. It's now plural. And so your friend, when he heard of that death, that part of his brain that was storing his story with her became very activated because it didn't forget. Hmm. So sometimes that catches us completely off guard, you know, out of left field, you know, at, at, I think to a certain degree, we lose certain people. We can move on pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Other times it catches us completely by surprise. You're like, where in the world did that come? I understand my brain got activated. Those feelings got activated, but man, wh- is there something I have to do then Phil, if they got activated and I'm like, I don't understand why I'm feeling this. I, I didn't mm-hmm. think I would feel this, this, in this way. Yeah. A, a lot me give you an example. A lot of people around the world, certainly in the U.S., but around the world had that that come up in them when Billy Graham died mm. and they've never met him. But they he became so much a part of the mapping system of people's lives. And I mean, think of him every day. But that seemingly coming out of the blue just signals that there was something extremely significant that went on in that relationship that our brains held on to. 
as we would call it bonding, yeah. held on to bonding in that way. So you see that happening very often. Like it seems to be out of the blue. Like, I never met him. Well, how come I'm so upset that he or she died? That's the reason, because the brain does things to hold on to relationships because of how valuable they are to us. Wow. Phil Herndon is uh, with us this hour, and if you've got a question or comment, feel free to call or text in this morning, 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. And we're glad you're with us as we're talking with Phil Herndon this morning about making peace with our past and about grieving well as we kind of go through some tough stuff. Um, You know, Don has a friend, a mutual friend of ours, who actually had a former girlfriend pass away. Just found out about it, happily married for many, many years, and kind of rocked the, the mm. world a little bit. Like, mm. man, what what the world? Where did those feelings, how did that emotion kind of pop up there like that? And, you know, as we talk about how that got triggered or activated, Phil, um, one of the things that I know we need to do is to be able to grieve. However, when we want to grieve and we want to grieve well, we have other people in our lives now who may misunderstand What's going on with that grief? Why are you grieving? Well, I thought that was in the past. Mm-hmm. What What's going on? How do we grieve well when we're <laughs> a past relationship? We're in we're in the middle of current relationships. Yeah, that <clears throat> there's so many rivers run, <laughs> streams running into that river. So to kind of simplify the question, there are two main things going on in that in a scenario like that. Uh, one obviously is grief, sadness. You're we talked about in the last segment that part of your brain is very active and where that story is living is really very aware. And so you know that the one person in y'all's friend, he he is in grief and he doesn't get it, doesn't understand it. He just knows it's there. Yeah. So the f- most important thing is just to accept, hey, the grief is here. Nas for it, wasn't looking for it, didn't think it would happen. And here it is. It's like a sickness or a uh, <laughs> company like okay well it's here so now what do i do and so his job so to speak is to go ahead and notice and accept that for whatever reason this is happening this is here and to realize that other people in his life are going to have a lot of fear around his level of grief about that relationship so a very 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 sad person with a very very scared person and so a sad person needs comfort to be fortified through presence. And the scared person needs refuge and safety. And so it sounds like ABC, one, two, three, but so often when those feelings are really strong, we forget the basics. We forget just that simple little thing. If he can grieve well, as you said, Steve, if he can grieve well deeply, accept the grief for what it is. It just is. It's here. And at the same time, recognize that it is really scary to people that love him. And if he can provide um, a safe place for them through simple reassurance, uh, through going ahead and having his grief, telling the truth about his grief, but it, talking about himself in the grief rather than the one who passed away, which sounds like an odd thing to do. But the grief is about, the, you've heard pastors say it for years, funerals are not for those who have died, they're for the people who are left behind. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, if he can remember, for lack of a better term, that he is grieving a loss that's in a story for chronologically from his past that he's feeling now, and people that love him are feeling afraid now about what will happen in the future. And so you got one person fearing, oh, no, what if this girlfriend stays alive in his heart forever? 
Um, so this person is grieving the future while he while, uh, fear fear of the future while he grieves the past. If these two people, one looking ahead with fear, the other looking behind with sadness, if they can come together in the present, that can really ground both of them to to be able to reattach to each other. Mm-hmm. And it could be like I, the the grander story. I do not know. I just put this on myself and think, okay, if this were me and I was grieving someone from my past, how would I approach Ben and say, oh, this uh, hit me out of left field, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I do have that space to grieve, all the while knowing, listen, this does not change anything between us. <laughs> yeah. It just like surprised me and i think that if we've been through anything like this we can relate but it also brings up phil another layer of looking back and that is if there's something that we've either done personally in our past or has been done to Mm -hmm. us how in the world do we make peace with our past i think in my world i bury a lot of that i will ignore it and just hope it goes away and yet if it starts to creep up what have you said before like in the battlefields the arrowheads Mm -hmm. and the cannonballs and all of that will rise to the surface so our story sometimes will rise to the surface how is it that we can best approach the lord approach our quiet time and understand how he's created us to make peace with our past Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to rule the day (laughs) yeah well that's one more place and there are millions maybe trillions of them where it's a very natural human process that the enemy that this that satan loves to get in the middle of and leverage for evil and so it's natural and normal that if there's sin in the past or trouble or conflict or difficulty of some kind, that we'll have feelings about that, too. And so he loves to get in there and turn what happened into condemnation. Uh, he loves to say, well, this happened back there, so it automatically sets the tone for the future here, too. And so the only way you can—what we're attempting to do when we do that is to maintain power over something we have no power over— And so I have no power over changing the content of the past. But as I talk about that content from the past in the present, it releases that hole that it has. And we bring that to the Lord and bring that to trustworthy people, bring that to people that can contain it with us. There's a popular saying these days called holding space. A lot of people say that. That can hold space with that story in the present. It heals what I might carry ahead into the future. So to jump back to the scenario you laid out, you've got one person who is grieving the past. You have another uh, spouse maybe who is fearing the future. Does that person who is grieving the past, do they need to find someone outside of that? In other words, tell the story to someone who's not their spouse, Mm because I would think that that would create more fear for the spouse. You need to find someone else who's safe to uh, to share that with. Yes, that brings up uh, uh, another topic we'll, we're going to address called boundaries. And that really, that word's easy to say, but that's a prime example um, of how it can be traumatizing to someone. And we have to really seek wisdom from the Lord and wisdom from his word and wisdom from wise people about, well, am I not telling him or her this to protect myself because I don't want to tell it? Or is it going to cause injury? Hmm. In a situation like the details or or those kind of things that happened 20, 30, 15, whatever it was years ago, sometimes a very safe person, there's an old saying of old guys that grew me up when I was young, young, that would say, you know, son, you need eyes on you. 
And uh, we need eyes on us to say, okay, this is something you need to go talk to her about or talk to him about. And so getting that wise counsel all through the Proverbs, getting that wise counsel to say, okay, I need to tell you all of this, take the guts of all of this, and you help me pick up the pieces that is the, the biblical model of what to say to whom. That's a huge question. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. That's what I heard you say even three times. And the Lord gives wisdom as we ask. Phil Herndon, we're grateful for the wisdom God has given him. You may have a question about relationship, about story, about how God is guiding you. Or if you're stuck, then you can get that in. 800 555-7898, helping each of us take the next step in our walk with Christ. We love that we get to do that here at Moody Radio. Wendy, thanks for texting 800-555-7898 as we talk to Phil Herndon at Tin Man Ministries. TinManMinistries.org. Okay, this is, this is a toughie. Speaking, Phil, of story and pain and our past, making peace with our past. And Wendy, you lost your mom. 2008 was when this happened and you were not able to say goodbye. You were not able to let your mom know that you're clean and sober and, and ask her forgiveness. Now Mm. that's impacted so many relationships through the years. It's a hurdle. You say you just can't seem to get over to accept that that part of the story was unwritten this side of eternity. How could Wendy take a step toward healing? Yeah, that is an important question. And actually, very close to home. My mom died in 2008 and had a very similar response as, as Wendy is. And uh, some things were unfinished. My mom died very suddenly, uh, kind of out of the blue to us at least. Here's something very important to remember, uh, not to get super theological here or confusing, but here's what we know, that any forgiveness a human can extend has come from God. He's the ultimate source. He's the only one with the standing to provide forgiveness, uh, you know, in the purest form. And so I have been greatly comforted personally, not not therapist, not pastor, personally, son, uh, being a son, that if, if there was a forgiveness to be extended um, while my mom was on earth, she was able to do that, obviously, if I had approached her with, with that. But now that she was not on the earth, I get to have the forgiveness extended to me from the ultimate source it would have come from anyway. And so she, I believe my mother to be with him uh, in eternity. And I also uh, believe scripturally that God makes all things right, Uh, that everything emanates from his love, including his justice, including forgiveness and all that emanates from the same place. And so for us to be able to walk on earth to say, People who were on earth with me, I did not get to complete things. We call that closure, you know, colloquially. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to have closure with her. And that's where we rely on God to say, anything you get that is redemptive and healing has come from me. And now that she has gone from the earth, it comes directly from me and not through her. And that's been so comforting for me personally through the years to know that uh, that anything good comes from him anyway. And while humans are on the earth, we are the conduits of that for sure. To forgive one another, love one another, bear with one another, be patient with one another, all those one another's. And then when a person is taken from the earth, and it is literally impossible to receive that, I go directly to the source it would have come from anyway. 
Wendy, uh, appreciate your text this morning and uh, help, hope that uh, helps a little bit and encourages you this morning. If you have a question or comment, 800-555-7898. As we continue during the next hour talking with Phil Herndon, we're going to spend a little time talking about boundaries. That's a word that you know we maybe throw around quite a bit, but what do we mean when we say that? We're going to get into all of that with him. And so uh, you know where we're going. If you, again, have a question or comment, 800-555-7898. You can connect with Phil at tinmanministries.org.